Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. The world marks 11 years since the September 11 terrorist attacks this coming week. It was the day that changed the world in so many ways and with significant implications for faith, Christian and Islam. This frequently troubled relationship goes back to the Crusades of the 11th century. So is it possible to overcome centuries of mistrust? Author Christine Maluhi comes to this question with an understanding from both sides. She's a Christian who married into a Muslim family. Her husband is Christian. Her book has a great title, Waging Peace on Islam, that people with Christian faith should live honourably among Muslims for Christ's sake. She says the way they'll see Jesus is through us. Christine Maluhi, welcome to Open House. Well, thank you, Lee. Good to be talking with you. It's great for you to join us. What was it that made you so concerned about this divide personally, Christine? I think it's because I've been living in the middle of the divide uh, since I married. Um, so for about 35 years now, I've been living in a Muslim family, in Muslim countries for most of that time. I've felt the break of that divide just personally, trying to straddle these two worlds uh, long before September 11th happened. Tell us in practical terms how that divide played out, what you observed about that divide, Christine. When I was living overseas amongst Muslims in the middle of Muslim community, I was treated very well. And I was living as a Christian who was concerned about sharing my faith with Muslims. So faith was very much, you know, in the forefront of how I was um, meeting and experiencing and living uh, with Muslims. And I was never treated badly by people. In fact, being a, a foreigner in, well, it was Arab countries that I was living in. So being a foreigner in Arab countries, um, I was actually treated better even, you know, than they treat yes. their own neighbours because they have a very high value on honouring the guest. And as a guest, you know, you're a, you're a sacred person. They even have a proverb uh, when a guest comes. They'll say, God has visited us in the guest. Something I think goes back to Abraham and the angels, that story in Genesis. So here I am treated wonderfully over there and respected because I'm a person of faith. And then when I come back to Australia, I was seeing more and more people immigrate here. Of course, I lived in the 70s and then we just had the open opening up of the white Australia policy after that time. So we got more and more foreign-looking people in Australia. And I would come back and see this growing antagonism specifically towards Muslims, yes. which got worse, of course, after uh, communism fell as the great enemy of Christianity. Then the new enemy became Islam. And I was, as I was home here and seeing how people who looked different, ethnically different or religiously different, were treated, I was embarrassed. And then, of course, and, that fire was lit on September 11. Yeah, I'd actually written the book before September 11th because um, it took a couple of years to write it. So it was being printed, getting ready for the shelves when September 11 happened. Funnily enough, or ironically enough, as I was writing it, I thought, oh, actually, I think this is getting better. You know, relations are starting to improve between these two religions. By the time I get this book written out on the shelves, there won't be any need for it anymore. Yes. And then uh, September 11th happened, and I said, oh, and at that stage people said, oh, you know, this book actually was prophetic, <laughs> which 
not something you wanted to be prophetical about, unfortunately. No. Christine, given the events of September 11, how should the so-called Christian West feel about that day and where and why it all came from? One of the things I, want, I did in the book um, was looking at where it came from. I learnt as I was writing it, you know, I had a basic idea of what I could see was going wrong. And when I investigated it to write the book, I was quite surprised to see how much history we inherited in our attitudes to Muslims and Christians, you know, vice versa. Uh, so when I looked into where it came from, it went back to the Crusades, which had started quite close, you know, to the inception of Islam. This war started off from the beginning, from the very beginning, three views in Christianity came up about Islam, and the first one was put out by St. John of Damascus, and he looked at uh, Islam and said, well, we have so much in common that Islam is actually a sect of Christianity, and it wasn't even, he didn't even view it in a religion as its own right in the beginning. One of the things, you know, if you look at this, it's easier to look at a religion who's totally different from you and not be so personally um, affected by it. But if something's close to you, it tends to raise more antagonism. Uh, If you look at Christianity, we'll just talk about ourselves, for example, we'll feel more antagonism towards something we consider a Christian sect than something unrelated to us. And so when they looked at Islam and said, oh, you know, it's actually a Christian sect because it's so close to us but differing on some things, so there was... a a closer level of animosity to it. Then there was the second view that said, well, it's a a religion that because it doesn't agree with us specifically about Christ, therefore it's a like an anti, a specific anti-Christian religion. It comes from Satan. So it's an evil religion, a tool of Satan and an anti-Christ and there's no light or truth in it. And the third one's kind of fell, you know, somewhere between these two views. And I was quite surprised to find that these views went back, way back before the Crusades, and it hasn't changed much up until today, because you hear these same three views being taught today. And you say in your book, which is full of great points, about how Christians can actually learn from Muslims. How is that? I think one of the best examples we have from how do we learn from Muslims is to go back again in history to St. Francis of Assisi, Um, As a Protestant Christian, I didn't know anything about St. Francis. I was quite amazed to discover that he'd gone off on this adventure with Islam. It was his life's passion to take the gospel, not just to the world, but to the Muslim lands as well. And because he had such a drive for reconciliation and peace, the worst uh, broken relationships in his day, there wasn't any, it was war, was with Islam. So he had a very strong uh, drive to bring reconciliation between Muslims and Christians alongside trying to bring everybody to be reconciled with God through Christ. So he went off in the middle of the uh, Fifth Crusade out to Egypt, said he was taking the gospel to uh, the Sultan. This Sultan actually was Salah Hadim's nephew. And so in the middle of war, in the middle after they've had this battle and uh, there's been, you know, thousands decimated, He goes off into the sultan's camp, gives him what he says is the true gospel, and instead of meeting a savage beast, and that's how this uh, particular sultan would be described at the time, 
savage beast, this infidel, this antichrist. Um, he meets Francis. He's so taken by Francis, he invites him into his court, and the two men have an interlude of days where Francis is presenting him with the gospel. There's also a crossover that's happening in here in their relationship. So what they have an interface dialogue in the middle of a battle, in the middle of the Crusades. Both men get transformed at this time in their relationship with each other. There's a lot of evidence that shows neither man was the same after this. And they both took things out of that meeting back into their own faith that enriched the faith of Muslims and of Christians. That historical encounter not only changed men, but it did change uh, both faith communities from that time. What was the essence of how St. Francis approached that so-called beast, how did he approach him? He didn't go with a gun. He didn't go with a, they didn't have a sword. He didn't go with a weapon, and that's what was different. He walked out from the Crusader camp across the no-man's land without a weapon. He went out unarmed with a message of peace. He was uh, beaten up before he got there. He was captured when he walked into no-man's land. He, beaten up some, kept saying that he had a message from God for uh, the, the sultan, so he was taken before him. He says, you know, I haven't come with any arms. I've come because I've got a message from God. Then shares with him what he says is the true gospel of peace. The other lesson to learn from that is that that approach has to be mutual. The interesting thing is that if he went out expecting to meet some barbaric person that was going to give him martyrdom, which Francis was hoping for, <laughs> you know, his desire, you know, in those days, of course, martyrdom was something that was really desired. The Sultan didn't kill him. The Sultan saw a man coming in peace, coming in the opposite of how he was being greeted. Every so-called Christian he was meeting in those days were at war with him, wanting to annihilate him. So in an age when people was seeing that we can't exist in our religion unless you are safe. Francis went out in the exact opposite of the mould of that time and said, I've come in peace. So fast forward 11 years after September 11, what do we learn from that about an interfaith dialogue, if you want, or some kind of better connection between the Christian and Muslim communities? Unless we do what Francis did, then... The battle and the intolerance just rages on. We have to stop denigrating Muslims because they're not Christians. I hear all the time that uh, people are angry or attacking Muslims verbally because they say they're anti-Christian and they don't accept Christ. They said, okay, anyone who's not a Christian hasn't accepted what we believe about Christ, so why should we be particularly singling out Muslims as evil or anti-Christ because they're doing this? That just doesn't seem logical to me. And it doesn't undermine the rigour of Christian faith and what we actually believe in? No, I think it's as you meet the other, then you move more deeply into what is making you different. I think what we need to be doing is sharing with Muslims where we can stand together. There is so much that Muslims share of our faith that is similar if you look at it, it's more than any other religion uh, that I'm aware, aware of, apart from what all the things that we believe about God, very specifically around the person of Jesus. Uh, we both believe he was born of the Virgin Mary. Muslims call him Jesus, the son of Mary. 
And yet everybody else is always uh, designated the son of the father, not the mother. But Jesus is called the son of Mary because they know Joseph wasn't his father. Uh, They say he's a person sent from God with a message from God, which is the gospel. Uh, He spent his life as a miraculous healer. And they still pray to Jesus today for help and for healing. They believe God saved him from uh, destruction and took him straight to heaven. And he's waiting there until the end of the age where he's going to return and judge the world. That's a lot of places where we can stand. Um, They honor Jesus very highly. We want to pick up the one point where they don't agree, which is the death of Jesus, and focus on that. And I think, you know, instead of focusing on the one thing that's where we don't agree and wanting to fight about that, that we need to be looking for all the places where we can stand together, where we can stand together in peace and goodwill. Now think about the message of the angels at Jesus' birth that said, peace to people of goodwill. And so we need to be looking for people of goodwill in the religion of Islam, where we can join hands together, where we can work together to bring peace to the world. Yet it doesn't pretend that both faiths are an equivalent, are equal. No, we're not an equivalent. And the more that we can, you know, think we, op- we can open to each other and we can look at the places where we stand together, it highlights where we are different. But we don't need to be at war where we're different. If we are secure enough in our faith, we don't need to attack, denigrate or make war on the other person. God doesn't need lawyers. Uh, he doesn't need soldiers. He doesn't need mercenaries out there trying to conquer other people for God's own sake. If we're secure enough in our religion, we're able to go out to meet another person in peace without arms, like Francis, and share the gospel of peace that we've been given through Christ. Hence the title, Waging Peace on Islam. Christine Maluhi, thank you very much indeed for joining us on Open House on such a night. Thank you, Lee. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.